be turning our Bibles to Titus chapter 2 this evening. Titus chapter 2. <clears throat> Thankful to be together once again for this time of worship. Let me reiterate what many of you have been thinking. We're so grateful uh, for Brother Andrew and his uh, Tremendous ability to present God's Word and the work that he is, Kayla, are doing uh, in southern Texas, the commitments they've made uh, to the kingdom of our Lord. We're so very grateful. We're so grateful. And, and there will be many blessings to come from that young family uh, in, in days ahead. <clears throat> it could be that I I have made some mistakes, haven't you? One or two. It could be that Hartzell getting the wires crossed is my fault. Um, not likely this time. Uh, not that I wouldn't do it, couldn't do it, but I, I would not schedule a group to come on the fourth Sunday night because we usually have our group meetings that night and many times... Um, for Sunday night, our, our own young men will uh, lead in services, so I know I wouldn't have scheduled it then, so um, somewhere along the way. Brother Jimmy Clark was on the phone the other day, and he said one time, uh, well, several times, he has shown up at a congregation to speak, and they had over-scheduled, and uh, he said one time he showed up to speak, and two other preachers also showed up uh, to speak, so they just split the time three ways. He said one time he showed up and they were not expecting him. And um, he said that was his fault at that time. But we're grateful to have this uh, opportunity. I'm sure uh, we'll get together with Hartzell in, in, in the future. Let's talk about the Lord's grace this evening. Let's read about it here from Titus uh, chapter 2. I'm going to be asking you to help uh, as we go through uh, these ideas this evening. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, teaching us to renounce ungodliness and, and worldly lust and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, waiting for our blessed Savior, waiting for our blessed Savior, and waiting for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all iniquity and to purify unto himself a people for his own possession who are zealous uh, for good works. Let's think about it together, and I welcome your, your input this evening as we go along. We'll talk about two big categories in regard to God's grace. So be thinking about those. Uh, first, uh, the reach, the reach of God's grace. And then secondly, the access to God's grace. Okay. Let's go ahead and read a verse about access and then we'll come back to reach. Okay. Turn now with me to Romans 5 for just a minute. Romans 5 and let's see how that God's grace must be accessed. We must gain access to it. So Romans 5, beginning in verse 1, verses 1 and 2, Romans uh, chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained, notice the word in your Bible, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So two big categories, the reach of grace and then access into uh, God's grace. Now, I have written in my Bible 156 times. The word grace is used 156 times in the New Testament. Okay. Many preachers have uh, used a sermon called Paul's Favorite Word, and they're referring to grace because it was one of his favorite uh, words. And let's think about this grand idea of grace Let's first of all think about the reach of God's grace. The reach of God's grace. In Titus chapter 2, okay, the grace of God has appeared, especially in the life of Jesus. Okay. Remember John 1.17? The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men, potentially, potentially, first of all, the grace of God reaches around the world. Where sin has gone must go His grace. The gospel is for all. And that's why Jesus gave us the Great Commission. He wants His grace to go to as many people uh, as possible. All right? So the reach of God's grace goes to all the world all the world. As Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15. And then after that, he says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that doesn't believe uh, will be condemned. But another thought about the reach of God's grace, God's grace reaches down to us in our sin. And let's be turning over to 1 Timothy chapter 1 in our Bibles. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. And just think, think about how that God's grace reaches down to us in our sin. And Paul really rejoiced uh, in this idea. So picking up here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. Beginning in verse 12. Paul says, I thank Him who has given me strength, that is, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly, watch this, formerly I was a blasphemer. Okay. I was a persecutor. Okay. I was a violent man. I was insolent. I was an opponent of, of Jesus Christ. But notice what he says. But I received mercy. I received mercy because I acted in ignorance and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord, notice it, mark it there in 1 Timothy 1.14, and the grace of our Lord overflowed from me with faith, faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. And so as we think about the reach of, of, of grace uh, from the hand of God, He's reaching out to the entire world, but He's also reaching down even to the vilest of sinners. If He reaches to the vilest of sinners, the most violent of sinners, okay, then we know that His grace can reach us uh, 
as well. And you might recall and just think in your mind about the church at Corinth, and we referred to this passage the other day uh, in one of our Wednesday night classes, but in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, many of the Corinthians have been involved in some of the most embarrassing, some of the most public sins known to man, such as drunkard, drunkard, drunkenness or idolatry, things right out there in the open, many kinds of sexual sin they have been involved in, but that was their past life. Okay? Paul said, such were some of you. How did that come to be? First of all, it's, it's the reach of God's grace reaching God's grace, and especially in sending His Son, giving all of us an opportunity to be washed in the blood of our Savior. Okay. So let's think about the reach of God's grace. It reaches all out to the world, uh, from, from Hawaii way over to, to India, Australia, down to our homes, reaches across the world, and then it reaches down uh, to the lowest of sinners. But... God's grace also reaches, reaches to the neighborhoods, don't it? In other words, be turning your Bibles to Acts chapter uh, 11. And let me ask you about this. Acts 11, when, when they send Barnabas to Antioch, the apostles did, because they'd heard about the the reception of the gospel. Notice when he comes, Acts 11, beginning in verse 21, Acts 11 and 21, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came, it says he saw the grace of God. What is it that that uh, Barnabas saw. How, how is it you can see the grace of God? Brother Larry, what do you think? How is it that you can see the grace of God? How, how can we see it? You know, when Jesus was teaching in this house and they, they let a, a paralyzed man down through the roof, it says that Jesus looked at the situation and he saw the faith of these four men who brought in uh, the paralyzed uh, man. Jesus saw their faith. How is it that we see, how is it that Barnabas was able to see the grace of God? What do you think? But both attitudes and actions. Okay. Attitudes and actions. They were, they were favorable toward the gospel. Okay. They turned to the Lord. Okay. And then uh, in their obedience uh, as well. <laughs> but saw the grace of God in action. What did he see? He saw that people were uh, hearing the gospel. They, he saw that people were receiving the gospel. They were turning their lives over to Christ. And, and what was Barnabas's, what was his reaction? What was his reaction? Hmm? He rejoiced. He rejoiced and he encouraged them okay, that with steadfastness of heart they would cleave unto uh, the Lord. Okay. And so we can see the grace of God all around us. So God's grace reaches to the whole world. It reaches down to us in our sin, but it reaches out all around us. It reaches out around us. 
And then you think about the reach of God's grace. It causes us to look to heaven. Okay. And one of my favorite passages about heaven, and let's be turning over there, uh, 1 Peter 1 and 13. 1 Peter 1 and 13. God's grace inspires us to look to heaven, to look to heaven. Reaches down to us in our sin. It certainly causes us to look to the cross, Jesus Christ. It causes us to remember God is reaching out to the entire world. It also causes us to be inspired for heaven. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 13. All right, this is the phrase that many of our translations have there called, um, the phrase is, gird up the loins of your mind. Okay. Here the English Standard Version has, uh, prepare your minds for action okay. and be sober-minded and set your hope fully on the grace, notice this, on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, So when Jesus comes again and we meet him in the air, there is some grace from God that we have not yet seen. Okay. Now, if we were to give a definition of faith, or I would say definition of grace, it would be, certainly it would be God's favor to man in our sin. It also would be God's many blessings to us in everyday life because we thank Him for everything. We thank Him for food, water, shelter. We thank Him for this beautiful day. We thank Him for this building. We thank Him for our, for our families. We thank Him for our, our friends. We thank Him for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank Him for transportation. We thank Him for everything in which we are blessed. That's God's grace to us. Okay. And being around brethren, being around uh, the church, and uh, being around your good family, you have seen a lot of grace. But there is some grace coming that we have not yet experienced. Why do you think, why do you think heaven is referred to as, as grace from God? Why do you think? Why do you think heaven is referred to here as grace? What? Okay, that's where we'll have forever peace. Okay. Somebody over here? Okay, it's undeserved. It's undeserved. We, we do not gain heaven uh, through our actions. We do not obligate God uh, to reward us. And when we think about what heaven's going to be like, just the glimpses that we're given uh, in Scripture of heaven, it is, is a remarkable, unbelievable place, a place where there'll be no more, no more pain, no more crying, uh, no more death, okay? uh, no more sorrow there, Revelation 21, verse 4. And so, indeed, uh, we, will, we will feel most unworthy on that great day. When, when the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, enter into the joy of your Lord, Matthew 25, 21, uh, we will not say, well, it's about time uh, that you say that to me. No, we will be 
most grateful. We'll be more thankful uh, then and forever than we ever have been uh, before. So I wanted us to think, first of all, about the reach of God's grace. It reaches down to us in our sin. It, it blesses us every day. It reaches out to every man. We see it all around us. If we, like Barnabas, are able to see as God wants us to see, we see grace all around us. It inspires us uh, to look up and uh, hope for heaven. I want to move on now to our next point, and that is uh, access to God's grace. But before we do that, does anyone have a further comment about how God's grace reaches out uh, to us? How God's grace... Unto the uttermost part of heaven. What was that passage again, sir? Uh, Mark 13:27. Mark 13:27, where he will he will send his angels and help us to be delivered delivered into the uttermost parts of heaven. Okay. Right. Anyone else? It's always on God's part. Grace tells us it's always on God's part. In fact, it is God's initiative, isn't it? Salvation is God's initiative. We did not come up with the ideal of, of salvation. We didn't come up with the ideal of salvation in Christ. This was, as 1 Peter 1, uh, 20 says, uh, the shedding of Jesus' precious blood was foreordained, or it was it was in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. Okay, God decided, he, he initiated this. As 1 John 4, uh, 9 and 10 uh, says, um, it's not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation uh, or the covering for our sins. We didn't start this off. We, we love God because he first loved us, 1 John 4 says. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts about the reach of God's grace? The reach of it. Now, it makes sense that Paul would talk about the access into God's grace because not everybody will be saved. Not everyone. Okay. Some people believe that. That just everybody that is God in His goodness We'll simply bring everybody to heaven one day. So, you know, that's just the way uh, it is. A lot of people will take Titus chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, and, and use that to say that. Where it says, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. But we know that God is not going to save everybody. How do we know that? How do we know what, what passage comes to your mind? Matthew 7? Which? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Sam referring to the narrow way and the broad way. The broad way leads to uh, destruction. Okay. And if you keep reading, someone mentioned, I think, 721, same chapter, 721, where Jesus plainly says what? What does he say? Okay. So, underscore those words. Not everyone. Not everyone. And so we can be ready to discuss that verse with someone who just sort of feels, and a lot of people do, they just sort of feel, well, you know, I'm, I'm an I'm a okay person and God is really good, so I'm going to be okay in the end. And Jesus, though, says, not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father uh, who is in heaven. So there must be access into uh, God's grace. Let's think about uh, just quickly uh, four things in regard uh, to access into God's grace. It begins with knowledge. Okay, with uh, with knowledge. Notice here in Titus two, going back to Titus two, he said it says the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us. You see, instructing us, teaching us, teaching us. So it begins with knowledge. It begins with knowledge. Remember Jesus and his invitation in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And learn of me. So access into God's grace begins with knowledge. And of course, that makes a good deal of sense to, to us because God has preserved his word, given us the ability to read and and understand, you know, Paul in, in Acts 20 and verse 32 says, Now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. The word of His grace. This word is what brings God's grace to us. I think it's both ways. I think through reading and understanding God's word, we come to know about God's grace and have the ability to respond to it. But also... Wasn't it very, very gracious of God to preserve this word for us? Okay. I mean, what mercy He had on us not to leave us in the dark, not to leave us in our sin. Okay. The, the entrance of God's words brings, brings light uh, to our souls. How gracious of Him. We thank Him uh, for this word every day. And so certainly access... Uh, at least one of the beginning spots is, is knowledge. Knowledge. Okay. This knowledge of God's Word tells us how sinful we are. Okay. And it, it lets us know that we're not in a good spot before God. And, and it ought to motivate us to want to learn more uh, about Him. Okay. So, uh, knowledge. Look quickly with me to 2 Peter chapter. One, and notice his emphasis there on uh, knowledge. Second Peter chapter one, beginning in verse three. Peter says, "His divine power has granted to us, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us to His own glory and virtue." Okay. How grateful we are that we don't have to guess about things. 
everything pertaining to life and godliness is, is contained in the scriptures, especially the New Testament for us today. How very thankful we are. Okay. Knowledge. Knowledge. I would say the next step to access, uh, accessing God's grace would be humility. Humility. Okay. Many times, and you can check it out, James 4, 1 Peter 5, the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. He convicts us with His gospel in our sin. He convicts us. Okay. He convinces us that Jesus is the Son. He convicts us of our sin. Once we're convicted, then He gives grace. If we let that conviction cause, cause, us, cause us to be humble, then He gives grace uh, to the humble. Okay. Humility. And I love that song that we were just singing a second ago. It speaks of the humility. Is it for me, dear Savior, the, thy glory and thy rest? For me, so weak and sinful, oh, shall I be so blessed? Is it for me, thy welcome, thy gracious enter in? For me, thy come, you blessed, for me, so full of sin. O oh, Savior, precious Savior, my heart is at thy feet. I, I bless thee and I love thee, and thee I long to meet. I'll be with thee forever and never grieve thee more. Dear Savior, I must praise thee and love thee uh, evermore. O oh, Savior, my Redeemer, what can I but adore and magnify and praise thee and love thee uh, forevermore? Once God's grace is plainly seen by us, what else can we do but adore Him? But then ask that question, Lord, is it really for me? Is it really possible uh, that I can have this forgiveness? Can I really be on uh, the road to heaven? Many folks do not have it within their, themselves to forgive their, to, for, to accept God's forgiveness to accept God's forgiveness. But indeed, it is that good. Indeed, it is that blessing. So, certainly, knowledge of God's will and humility uh, within ourselves. And then, we need to notice that obedience, uh, obeying God, obeying the gospel, brings uh, access into God's grace. And let's do this a couple of ways. Uh, be turning. Let's turn to the book of Romans, and then we'll quickly turn to the book of Ephesians, and then we'll just we'll just mention these two uh, these two verses uh, briefly. And let's be thinking about Brother Paul's example of Noah. Noah found grace in God's eyes, but Noah, in order to access that grace, uh, he did what God told him to do. There was never there was never a second in, in Noah's life. There was never a, a, a pause in Noah's mind that he would not do what God said do. Okay. Uh, Genesis 6, 22, isn't it? 22, 23 says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And we read in Hebrews eleven seven 7 that by faith Noah, being warned of God concerning things not seen as yet, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And so that's very plain, isn't it? Very plain. That we access 
God's grace through, through faith, which a faith that obeys. Okay. Now, looking to the book of Romans, again, Romans chapter 5, uh, real fast. Notice, he says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God, wonderful, and then verse 2 backs it up and says, and we have, through Him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace. This is an obedient faith. Okay? And Paul brings this out, if you'll notice your Bible in Romans 1 and verse number 5. Notice it says, through whom we have received grace to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name. Okay. We receive grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name. Okay. And so access to God's grace comes through faith, a faith uh, that obeys. And access into God's grace is the same thing as reading Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, where he talks about we are buried with him in baptism and we are raised to walk in newness of life. That newness of life is that grace that we receive, okay? that access into uh, the grace. Right. Quickly jump over to Ephesians. You remember Paul in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God not of works lest any man uh, should boast. So by grace have you been saved. All right. Compare this to Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, where he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. And then he says, verse 26, that he might sanctify, having cleansed her, the church, by the washing of water and the word. So in Ephesians 2, verse 8, it says it has the word saved. Okay. In Ephesians 5, 26, it has the word cleansed. So those two words are basically the same thing. To be cleansed of our sins is the same thing as being saved from our sins. Okay. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're saved by, by grace through faith. But he adds to it there in Ephesians 5, 26, that we have been cleansed by the washing of water, which would include baptism, the washing of water uh, and the Word. We look at the Word, thankfully we have the Word, and we can learn about all this uh, faith, this obedient faith, and this necessity of baptism to contact the blood of Jesus. And so we see here that accessing God's grace certainly comes through the knowledge of God's Word. It comes through humility uh, before Him, and it comes through obedience as well. And then I would say the final way of accessing God's grace is to live that grace out every day. Once we've been baptized into Christ, we don't leave the grace of God. We don't, we don't just settle back into our old way of living. But God's grace has a tremendous impact upon us. <clears throat> One of my favorites is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, Paul says he didn't feel really worthy to be called an apostle, 
because he had persecuted the church of God. But then he said, verse 10, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, wasn't bestowed upon me in vain, but I labored. I labored more abundantly, more abundantly. And so, in the same way, we must live out uh, God's grace. Okay, so access to God's grace. What further comment do you have about accessing uh, God's grace? So it's a wonderful, in some ways, maybe, what do you think, Brother Ken? It's a, it's a wonderful technical world out there, isn't it? I mean, the Internet and live streaming and, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing through your pad, through your phone, laptop. Some even still have a, a big desk computer. Okay. You walk up to someone's iPad and you say, hey, I'm wondering about some things. I want to, I want to be able to look at a few things right quick. And you get on their iPad, and you don't have any access to it. They've set up an access code, and you don't know what that code is. And so all you're going to see is some kind of pretty picture that comes up when you touch that iPad, but you don't have any access any further. Okay. God's grace, not to dis show disrespect to God whatsoever, but in some way, somehow, being able or, or starting down the road of being able to appreciate His, God's gra His grace, it's, it's wonderful beyond comparison. Okay. But there's access to it, and that path must be, must be followed, or we'll never, get to, we'll never get involved in His wonderful grace. There's much more that could be said about His grace. Paul's favorite word so much more that could be said. So many songs written, grace, grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. How thankful uh, we are. Anybody would like to add comment to these broad, two broad areas? God's reach of grace to us and God's uh, setting up access uh, to this grace. big part of His grace is the access of prayer. That's a great point. Hebrews 4, uh, 16 refers to uh, our now being able to come to the throne of grace with boldness. It's all because of Jesus, all because He's now our high priest that we're able to do that. So that's a great point, Mark. Great blessing of prayer comes through God's grace. right. What a blessing it is. Going back, Sam, going back to that, the idea of knowledge, and we don't get that knowledge unless someone has taught us. And he's re Sam referring to Matthew 28 and 19. Teaching them. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Teaching them uh, to observe all things that I have commanded you. Teaching them. Okay. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing uh, them. How grateful we are uh, for those who have led us 
paths of righteousness. That's a wonderful part of God's grace. Okay. Hey, uh, Okay. All right, Brother Paul bringing out, really getting right down to um, where we're at. 2 Thessalonians 1, saying if we don't obey the gospel, then eternal destruction awaits, awaits us. Referring to that, that the very core of that gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And in Romans 6, again, showing us how uh, to obey him. That access is so very important. It's a great place to start and a great place to finish, but a great place to start right there in 2 Thessalonians 1. If you're talking to someone and you, you so desire to talk to them about the grace of God, we'll start off talking to them about what do you think happens when you die? What happens when Jesus comes again? What's your situation going to be? And then perhaps, if you have the opportunity, refer them to 2 Thessalonians 1. But then you can easily refer to grace because 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus dying for our sins, being buried and raised for our victory, that's all of God's grace. As we said, this is a huge topic, but given this opportunity this evening, perhaps we have mentioned a few things that will inspire your further study, but also it may inspire you to come back home to God. It may be that in some way or another, uh, either Brother Larry was mentioning, mentioning a moment ago, uh, actions and attitude. We can stray in both of those areas, uh, either by attitude or action. One way that God's grace reaches us, and uh, we failed to, I failed to mention this a moment ago, but it reaches right down into our heart. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 teaches us to sing, but it teaches us to sing with grace in our hearts. See, God's grace is not something that we are just studying. It's not something we're just thankful for, but it's to be in our hearts. Okay? We're to live out that grace every day. And right now, as we get ready to sing this song of encouragement, let us think more seriously about salvation, about heaven above, and about God's wonderful grace than we ever have before. And let's be thinking about this as we stand and sing. <clears throat>